Say breakthrough. Say you're going to break through. You're going to break through those limits. That uh, I, The Lord began to speak to me that if we would love one another, we would break through in 2022. And so I, I've been teaching on breakthrough, and Easter is the greatest breakthrough, right? You, you break through. As Kent was prophesying there, the verse that kept coming to me is that he destroyed the one that has the power of death. That Jesus died to destroy. Say destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil. Say with me, his resurrection destroyed the power of the devil. Uh, I just want you to understand, the devil lost his power when Christ rose from the dead. Uh, what happens now is the enemy just talks. You ever met somebody, all they can do is talk, they weren't. Uh, the enemy can just get in your head and talk you out of your blessing just by talking to you. And you need to be able to tell the devil to shut up and leave me alone, right? You, you're just nothing but a defeated, you just got nothing but a tongue. You need to shut up. Uh, so we're here celebrating the resurrection of Christ, and I want to stay in the theme of what I was ordered to do this year, and that is to talk to you about breakthrough. And most people don't understand that the resurrection of God is here, that he is the resurrection, and that today you live in the power of that resurrection. And that we're, we haven't been resuscitated like Lazarus or Tabitha, that we've been resurrected and the very uh, death-defeating life is on the inside of us. That the life that defeats death lives in us right now and that it's been revealed to us through the resurrection of the Christ. And it, it's had an impact. And if you look back through the early church, you see the followers of Christ in those first, second centuries, they were tortured, beaten, left for dead. They were martyred, upside down, filleted. They, they did care nothing about their lives here on the earth because they already knew they had a higher and greater prize. Now, now today, part of the problem with our faith is that we're, we really aren't that, we really don't get it. So we're, we're more concerned about what's going on in our lives than we are about the prize of the high calling. And so the reason why most people struggle with things in this world is they think it's about this world. And I have news for you. We are sojourners. We are from another place, and we're headed back to that other place, and this is all going to kind of fade away. But we are living in that. And so if you wanted to crucify Peter upside down, he said, go ahead. If you wanted to take Paul's head, he said, go ahead. Because you can't take away what I got. You, 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 can't, you can't even kill me. You, you can separate me from this body for a moment, but I, 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 you, I can't die. Uh, the resurrected one lives on the inside of me. You see, we don't get that in 2022. We are so far removed from the event that we, we don't get the reality of what that meant. And the only way that we're going to recover that is to go back and look at those uh, first followers of Christ and see how they reacted to it. And so this morning, I'm going to take a little time and I'm going to talk to you about Peter and Paul. Say Peter and Paul. And I'm going to talk to you about this apostle Peter and this apostle Paul. And I'm going to talk to you about how they react to the resurrection and what we can learn about these two apostles. Peter was just an uneducated fisherman. I mean, he's from Galilee, and he would have liked to have been uh, a disciple of a rabbi, but he couldn't read well enough. And so at 13 or 14, he is overlooked, and he's left to fish. And so he's out there, and he's been fishing. And Jesus comes by and says, hey, come follow me. And what an honor to, to ask 
to have this rabbi ask these fishermen to be a part of him. And Peter's the one that said, thou art the Christ, right? He said, thou art the Christ, and the Lord said, I'm going to build my church. And if you have any Catholic heritage, you know that Peter was the first pope and that St. Peter's is built over the tomb of St. Peter, right? Peter becomes a pretty important guy. And so this fisherman becomes a pretty important guy in the church, and we still talk about it. You're, you're, you're going to, the gates of hell not going to prevail against you. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind, whatever. Big deal, right? And on the night of the betrayal in Matthew chapter 14, 27, I want you to see some words here. And then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me. Say all of you. Every one of you going to stumble. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up because of me. I'm going to be the cause of your failure. I'm going to be the thing that causes you to stumble, stumble. The word there means trapped, means to be caught in a trap. It means to not only to be caught in a trap, but it means after you're caught in a trap, you're always going to look like you were caught in a trap. You remember Jacob, the guy that wrestled with the Lord out there in the desert? And it says after he wrestled with the Lord, he walked with a limp. And you could always know he had had an encounter with God because he never walked the same again. My grandma used to say, Dwayne, don't you trust anybody that don't walk with no limp. What she was saying is if you've really encountered God, you walk different. If you've really encountered God, there's a marked difference in your life. You're one that's wrestled with the Lord. And, and, and the Lord looks at his disciples. He said, you're going to be trapped. You're gonna, tonight, there's going to be some wrestling going on. Tonight, and Luke's gospel says, the enemy has desired to sift you as sweet. And tonight, because of me, you're going to stumble and you're going to be trapped. And you're never going to walk the same way again. You, you're you're going to be different. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Here's the plan, boys. I, I, I'm, they're going to strike me down, and you're going to run away. But when I'm raised, they had no clue what he was talking about. Not a clue. And Peter said to them, and i got to read it out of a different translation. Can I do that? Uh, and during the festival, hold on. I got two Bibles up here. How many of you got one? I actually got 30 of them up here. Yeah. You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. But after I have risen, I'll go ahead of you to Galilee. And Peter declared, even if all fall away, I won't. I'm better than they are. I'm your best. I'm the best one here. The rest of them are all a bunch of losers. But, but me? Me. No, 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 no. Uh, truly, I tell you, Jesus answered today, yes, tonight, before the roaster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never, say never, I will never disown you. Say never. Have you ever said never? Didn't your mama ever tell you don't ever say never? Did, you, did your mom, I mean, Peter jumps up and says, I'm better than the rest of these. I don't make mistakes. I'm your dude. Remember, you chose me to build the church. I'm, I'm the top A number one. I'm, 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 I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Roman Catholic. I go to church. I tithe. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't run with the girls that do. I am the best. 
I've never kissed. I mean, I remember a lady come up to me one day and she goes, I don't understand all you're preaching. She said, I've never kissed another man than my husband. I've never slept with another man than my husband. I've never tasted alcohol. I've never smoked. I've never gotten in debt. And she goes, I don't understand. I've never done that. And I said, no, but you wanted to. Her eyes got about that big. And I said, the Bible says even if you wanted to, you're guilty as much as those that did. He said, I will never fail you. I will never. You can, I'll die with you. Huh. I mean, Peter loved jumping up and saying, never. Never. You're never going to wash my feet. I'll never let you wash. How many know he washed his feet? Uh, uh, there'll be a moment he'll, he'll say, I'll never eat that. I'll never eat that, Lord. I'll never fail you. I'll never let you wash my feet. I'll, I'll never forsake you. You see, Peter was living in a way that he's trying to impress Jesus. You ever met them people trying to impress Jesus? I'm blessed. Highly favored. Got no problems. You lying duck. Everything in my world ship shape. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why there's bags under your eyes. He's trying to impress Jesus because he's got the same disease all of us do. He's got to put on something. He, he, he's, got to, he's got to perform because he needs acceptance. He needs affirmation. He needs approval. He, so, so here, let me do what I think you need me to do so that you'll approve and accept and like me. I need you to smile at me and tell me I'm doing okay. I need you to love me. And, and I know me. So I'll cover up that me that's really me and I'll show you this public me so that you'll like me. Now, don't you sit there and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. I'll have Katie meet with you and she'll ask you how you act when they're doing an interview for you to get a job. Because I promise you, when you're doing that interview to get that job, you're telling them what you think they need to know so that they'll hire you because you need the job. How many know your public self and your private self are generally two different selves? <laughs> you ain't going to admit nothing, are you? You're just going to sit there and look. I do not. I'm honest. I am who I am. Yeah, that's why we don't like you is because you let that rudeness show. <laughs> you need a little tact. <laughs> and, 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 and Peter has this thing. He, he, you do understand that the need for acceptance leads to depression. When you live your whole life trying to impress other people, can I tell you, you'll be depressed because you'll never quite impress everybody quite the way you want them to be. I'm a success. I'll never fail you. What do you mean? I got no flaws. I got it all together. I'm above average. You're going to be trapped tonight. You're going to be caught tonight. You and your poser false self are going to be caught tonight because they're going to pick me up and they're going to, they're going to beat me. They're going to spit on me. And I'm going to be sacrificed, and I'm going to die, and it's going to unnerve you. You're about to watch something that you're not prepared to watch. You know, if I was the Lord, I would never have written about Peter. If I was the Lord, I'd have told him to be still, sit back. We'll just kind of cover it over and gloss over it. I wouldn't have chose him, this loud mouth. I would not have picked him. I think the Lord picked him so that you would feel better about you. 
I think he puts him on display so that you can begin to go, thank God I ain't like that. He, he doesn't hide Peter. You see, Peter cannot imagine Christ dying. He cannot imagine God giving his life. He can't imagine God not fighting back. He can't imagine God withholding his strength and allowing Rome to continue to rule over Israel. He can't imagine God not disthroning Herod. He, he can't imagine. He, he, he's thinking about winning and victory. He's not thinking about suffering and sacrifice. I mean, he picks up the sword. He swings for his head and, you know, he's a fisherman, right? He misses and gets his ear. And, and the soldiers take him. And you got to give John and Peter credit. At least they followed. The others left. But they followed along closely. And, and they went to the Tower of Atonia. I've been in the Tower of Atonia. It sits right outside the temple, just right there. It actually was built by Mark Anthony, who Herod was kind of one of Herod's heroes. And Herod lived in the Tower of Atonia. But then when the Romans came, the Romans liked living there too. It was such a nice place. And so the Roman soldiers bunked there and Herod stayed there when he was in town. And so there were Roman soldiers and there was Herod. And so they take Jesus to the Tower of Atonia. And the Tower of Atonia has this great big courtyard. You walk in it and it's this beautiful courtyard. And then there's this balcony that's up there. It's not as tall as that one. And it goes all the way around. And all the important people are up there. And down here, they had stoves. They had charcoal grills. And they grilled fish. And they prepared supper. And they mingled down here. And, and John was the one that took the fish and sold it to the people that cooked it for Herod and for the palace. And so undoubtedly they get there and the gate and John goes, no, I, I know you. And the servant girl lets them in. And so they're, they're kind of milling around, you know, and Jesus is tied up there. Not, not again, not as tall as that. And uh, they're having this conversation with Jesus. Who are you? What do you think you're doing? You, you know, you, you, are you the son of God? Or what are we going to do with you? And they're asking these, and, and Peter and John are down here. They're kind of trying to ignore that. And you remember this? And the servant girl walks up to Peter and goes, don't you know him? No, no, I don't know him. Remember the story? Three times? And he says, I neither know him nor am I one of them. And the Bible says, if I had the time, the Bible says that the Lord turned and looked at Peter as the rooster crowed three times. Can you imagine how you would feel? I'll never do that. And as it happens, the Lord turns and looks you right in the eye. Can you imagine how... You'd want to crawl. Peter didn't follow the Lord. Now, now, just a side note, John, the beloved one, said nothing. So before you give John real stars, sometimes silence is louder than, you know, we all want to make out like John's the hero. Let me just tell you, John heard it too. And, and they're asking the Lord, and the Lord looks at Peter, and then he says, 
Well, there are people here that are with me that know what I said. Ask them. And John ducks. <laughs> Neither one of them would stand up for the Lord. Wow. You'll stumble tonight. Let me say to us, we will stumble. There'll be moments in our life that we're believing God to come through for us and he won't come through for us. There'll be times when we've asked God to heal, to pay the bill, to fix, and can't, he won't. He'll let us feel that. And so in that moment, will you give up on God? Are you just serving God for the healing and for the trinket? See, I believe God heals. I believe God gives trinkets. I believe all of that. I've also had to stand there when he did nothing. And that's always the place in my own failure that I am challenged. Notice how quiet it gets in this Pentecostal church. No one wants to deal with the paradoxes, right? We want to say God always does this or he always does that, and I'll never do that. I'll never. But you see, when you need approval and affection and affirmation, whoever's in front of you is the one. I don't want the servant girl to think I'm one of them. I love what Luke says. He said, Simon, Simon. The word Simon means shifty, shifty. <laughs> shifty, shifty. See, when you're always looking for somebody else's approval, you will always bow to whoever's right in front of you, whether it's a servant girl or a soldier, and you'll, your loyalties will all be scattered. Listen, if people come to you and talk to you about me, can I tell you they'll come to me and talk to me about you? Let me just say to you, those people that you're bobbing your head, or even when you're doing the John thing and just being silent, <laughs> notice how quiet it gets. Don't let me get real. Peter, Peter didn't get it. He was, he was stunned. He was caught. He was trapped in this thing. Hmm. Probably crawling somewhere, hiding till somebody knocked on the door he was under and he's dead. Can you imagine living? He's dead. See, Peter looked at the cross and said, no, no. But then they came running back and they said, he's alive. He's alive. And the scriptures can't say, go tell them I'm alive and Peter, the only disciple that Jesus calls by name is the one that denied him. Another verse in another gospel says, uh, he's alive and he's spoken to Peter. Now, we don't know what he said to Peter because, you know, thank God he always talks to us privately. Aren't you glad he comes and talks to you about you I grew up in Pentecostal worlds where prophets thought it was their job to expose our private issues. And the truth of the matter is, that was not God because if God's going to talk to you about what you've done, he'll always talk to you. People say, why does he let Kent have the phone? Because he ain't going to talk to you about your private stuff. 
and Peter. I, I think, and Peter. I, I, wouldn't you love to know what the Lord said to Peter? I can imagine. Peter, I told you. I told you, but I also told you that uh, when you recover. I also told you you're going to go through that stumbling, but I also told you you're going to go through that stumbling, and, and, and then I want you to strengthen your brethren. So you're going to go through this, and you're going to be trapped, but you're going to use that experience to minister to other people. How many of God will use your weakness for you to help other people through their own? It's good preaching. And then, then they're up on the Sea of Galilee, right? It's the Lord. And Peter, you remember? And Peter jumps into the, swims to the shore, and there's charcoal. And the Lord's barbecue and fish. Can you smell the barbecue? That, that's the same barbecue that was in the Tower of Atonia. You know, the greatest sense that we have is our sense of, it'll trigger the same fish that was being barbecued in Atonia when he denied the Lord is the same fish now the Lord's barbecuing. <laughs> Do you love me? <laughs> I got breakfast for you. See, you denied me when they were barbecuing, but I'm, I'm coming to you. Do you love me? Can you, imagine, can you imagine how Peter feels now? Can you imagine that Peter's realizing my performance means nothing? I don't have to perform. I don't have to pretend. I can take the fig leaf off. I can be myself because he already knew who I was, called it before I even knew it. And even though I, he loves me in spite of me being, you know what the resurrection does? The resurrection takes your relationship with God to an entirely another level. Because he who died for you now stands and says, I don't even care that you denied me. I loved you in spite of your... Wow! You know, but Peter's like some of us. He still can't get never out of his category. Now, now he's really a pretty big deal in the 10th chapter of Acts, and he's up there on a balcony, and he sees this sheet, and it's got bacon in it. And Jews, are they can't have bacon. And the Lord says, rise and eat. And he goes, never. <laughs> Will I eat? Until he gets to Galatia, never mind. Never. He, and the Lord says, don't you call impure that which I have called pure. And you know the story? If not, it's in Acts 10. You can go read it after the lesson. This is a Bible study. And, and then they come and knock on his door and he goes to Cornelius' house, a Gentile. You know, kind of like the Muslims we hate. Kind of like the Hindus we don't like or the people from other countries that we don't believe. And he takes him over there and, and Peter goes, it's not lawful for me to come in your house, but he told me I can no longer call that which is pure impure. Oh, my God. You mean this love he has for me, he also has for? The same love that he has for me, he has for you fill in the blank. 
everybody that you've eradicated and said they can't be, you go ahead, you fill in the blank. I'll never love them. I'll never believe that God could forgive them and let them go to heaven. See, breakthrough is when you're willing to let go of your nevers and understand that God will always go further than you will to love somebody else. I don't know what your never is, but I promise you, you got one or two or three. I can't believe God's grace would extend. Well, you denied him, dummy. No wonder at the conclusion of his letter, Peter will go, well, above all else, just love one another and be hospitable without grumbling about it. I could talk about be hospitable and don't grumble. Have you ever been hospitable, but you were in the kitchen going, when are they going home? (laughs) Yeah, just sit there. Peter's exposure to the resurrection of the Christ is what reveals his false self and he becomes his real self and he understands that God's love is unconditional and therefore he's loved and accepted. Paul. Now, Paul's a smart guy. Paul is a Hebrew raised in Tarsus. He's a Greek-speaking Hebrew. And they keep the law. Oh, my. At four years old, he could recite Leviticus. How many of you can find Leviticus? <laughs> right? I hate Leviticus. He memorized the book of Leviticus. How many doves you have to kill if you said, darn. I... At four, he could recite it. At at 13, he could recite the entire first five books of the Bible by memory. No wonder Paul didn't make the, Peter didn't make the cut. Paul is a Jew above all Jews. He's a Pharisee. He he keeps the law because by the law you are justified. He, he, He knows God is mad at him, so he makes sure he does the sacrifices every year so that God's anger is rolled away. He wears the long hair things and the tassels and, and he's got boxes strapped to his head that look like a unicorn. He's got boxes strapped to his arm and around here. And, he's, and if a woman's come down the street, he closes his eyes, walks across the street, gets hit by a donkey, but keeps walking. <laughs> they literally called them the bleeding Jews. You know why? Because they kept running into walls because they kept closing their eyes. Sound like a bunch of Pentecostals to me. Can't look at that. Here's Paul. He's he's been away at school, comes back into Jerusalem. What's going on? Well, you know, last week we we had to kill this 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 guy that claimed to be the son of God. We had to kill him. We had to kill him. He claimed to be the son of God. He did miracles, but, but he just went too far. He was forgiving sins. He, he, he was touching sinners. He, he was eating with tax collectors. He, he was, he said he was going to destroy the temple. Paul is livid. So, so he goes to the 
He goes to the high priest. The high priest, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That, that. But, but, but we killed him. We took care of it. Yeah, but do you know out in the streets they're saying he's alive? Yeah, it, it'll calm down. Now Paul's mad at the high priest. If you're not going to do it, I'll do it. Give me letters. So he went around Jerusalem. He started dragging out people that believed in Jesus. He'd drag them out in the streets and beat them 39 times until they would recant. And when he feels like he's beaten the Christians enough, it says in time that he got on a donkey and headed down to Damascus, to Syria. And his intent was to go down there and beat them. I mean, he stood there while they stoned Stephen. And now he's going to go down there and he's going to get them and he's going to stone them and kill them. And he's going to, I mean, he is Gideon. He is David. He is Joshua. He's the new defender of the faith of the Jews. They're going to make a statue after doing the work of God, protecting the, from sinners, protesting. Anybody know what happened? God got in front of him. Brought his chair, put it right in front of him. Glory. Bright light. Falls off the horse. Looks up in the light, and there's a dude standing in the glory of God. And no man can stand in the glory of God and live. I know the Old Testament. But there's a man standing in the glory of God. There, there, there's a man, God, man, human God, standing there and says to Saul, isn't it a little hard to kick against the goats? Why are thou persecuting me? And Saul goes, who are you? <laughs> well, I am Jesus, whom thou art persecuting. Time out. If you talk about the church, you're talking about Jesus. Jesus took personally the way I am Jesus. Now, can you imagine what was going off in Saul's head? Just for a minute. He was expecting the Messiah, but he wasn't expecting the Messiah to be a man. He didn't think he would be Jesus. And just a minute. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he is Jesus today, then he was Jesus a couple of weeks ago. God was on a cross. What? But I've been keeping the law. I've been going to the temple. I haven't smoked or drank or run with the folk. I belong to the right church. We have the right doctrine. We're against the wrong things, and we're for the right things, and we're behaving... That's trapped. That's when your belief system is wrong. That's when your belief system is separating you from God. Here I am in front of God and Dale, instead of blessing me, he's questioning me. Me. I'm Saul of Tarsus. I'm the best of the Hebrew. I'm a Pharisee. I'm Listen, Gamal was my teacher. I can quote the first five books of the Bible. <laughs> See, the resurrection can unnerve you. 
Because all of a sudden, you're not in relationship with God based on your behavior, but based on his love. Can you understand what? Paul was going to take prisoners, and now he's a prisoner. He, he was going to arrest them, and now he's being arrested. And now he's blind. And he's walking around this cell blind. Jesus, how, what? Jesus? We killed him, but he's alive. And he knew the Bible. He'd be chastised by his stripes. Oh my God. Oh my God, this is, this is the Messiah. And I've been murdering, murdering. And rise to your feet, for I will show you how to turn on the eyes of the Gentiles and remove them from the power of the enemy and bring them into the power of the light. I'm going to use you, Saul, to reach the Gentiles. Holy mother of peanut butter. God's going to use this murdering religious maggot to reach the world, to write two-thirds of the gospel of the New Testament. Pastor, you, your belief in grace is just, you, you need to quit doing that. Really, tell that to Paul. Tell that to Peter. Tell that to the dudes that handed us the faith. Because one denied him, the other was murdering him. For he was rich in mercy wherein he has loved me. And by grace I am saved and by nothing else. Listen to what Paul writes. We were sentenced to death by one man named Adam, but by the actions of one man named Christ, we have all been resurrected into life. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Are you, are you listening to me? That's the two men that saw the resurrection and it altered everything in their life. Hmm. For you who receive an abundance of grace are made righteous by the works of the one. For if one died, all died. If you're buried in baptism, you're raised in resurrection. And now you live in that resurrection. You live in the reality that in the moments of your weakness and you deny him, in the moments when you might even be opposing him, he still stands up and says, I forgive you too. I'm for you too. 70 times 7. <laughs> and Paul will say, his love never Oh, oh, you know those people you've given up on? His love never. This is, this, this is, this is scandalous. And then he makes this statement. Nothing, neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor rulers, nor can separate you from the love of God. Oh, my God. Look at your neighbor and say, he loves you. 
Look at your other neighbor and say, he, he loves you. I don't know if I like you, but he loves you. I don't know why you're sitting by me, but he loves you. I don't know how you could do what you do and go where you're going, but he loves you. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Oh, my gosh. Do you understand that I've waited nearly 40 years to preach this this bluntly because I am sick and tired of religious people screwing this thing up and people having to stay at home because they're angry with church people? Because church people are the ones that judge other people as not having become good enough because they listen to the wrong political party or the wrong denomination or the wrong culture. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. God will love people that, and even some of you sitting in this room, his love will trap you. His mercy will trap you. You'll be caught. And you'll be caught this afternoon because you'll be going, I don't know that I believe that. And you'll cuss. You'll talk back to your wife. And God will say, well, I love you anyway. <laughs> you'll root for the wrong football team and God will love you anyway. Oh, goodness. For if by one man's death, sin, if by one man's offense death reigned, how much more? For in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. If I acted crazy, if I was out of my mind, if I lost control, it was because the love of God pushed me over the edge because I had kept the law and the law failed. And what the law could not do, God did with his own son whom he sent to die for me that whosoever would believe in him might have life and I'll give you life, John 10, 38, and you will never perish, and I'll never let anyone take you out of my hand. You believe in once saved, always saved? Baby, there's only one. Can I tell you something? I remember the Lord asking me, do you, uh, this woman asked me, do you believe in eternal salvation? I said, I don't know. And I went to the Lord, and I said, do I believe in eternal security? He goes, why, you want out? <laughs> Stupid questions. Ask a better question. Do you think God will ever stop loving you? No. Well, but pastor, how are you going to keep people from sinning? I'm not. But I got to tell you, once I was arrested by the love of God, I really do want to serve him. Once I'm arrested by that love of God, I, I well, now I'm not afraid of going to hell. So I don't, you know that kid that's afraid you're going to beat him because you didn't take the trash out? You know, the kid that complies with the rules that you've got just because they don't want to hear you scream? That, that, the point is, I try to follow him today not because I have to, but because I want to. So, so no wonder Peter, the unlearned fisherman, Paul, the educated Jew, both come down to the end of it and go, hmm, we ought to love one another. Yeah. 
as Christ has loved us. While the church is trying to teach people how to follow Jesus, the disciples were teaching people how to treat each other with kindness and mercy and goodness. See, resurrection's personal. They met the person of the resurrection who gave them such grace they, they, they couldn't deny it. And they, in turn, embraced others. Because Paul will make these statements that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, whereby now you cry, Abba, Father, because you are sons of God. And we killed him because he called himself a son of God. But now the same Christ that walked here for 33 and a half years now lives in you and he's the hope of glory. And so now it's Christ in you that's loving other people. Have you ever loved somebody and you're thinking all the time, I thought I would hit them. <laughs> my 10-year-old son, we walk away from this person in the Dillon's grocery store and my 10-year-old son goes, Dad, I thought you were going to give them a piece of your mind. I said, oh, I don't know. Someone bigger than my mind took over. And I loved them and prayed for them and hugged them and walked away thinking it had been me. I'd have killed them. That wasn't me loving you. Because there's still, there's still a me down in here that's being changed and transformed and renewed. And yet when Christ, I've been crucified with him. It's no longer I that live, but a Christ that lives on the inside of me. So if I, if I just stay out of the way, he'll love people I don't even agree with. <laughs> you don't want to misunderstand. You don't want to hear me saying what I didn't say. I just know God loves people that I don't agree with. Happy Easter. Happy Easter tide. This is the season to live in that resurrection, to live in that mercy, to live in that grace. We could start a movement. We don't even know what it's going to call it, but we're just going to go out into the world and love people like he loved us. We were murderers and deniers and posers chief of all sinners but he loves me and so my only response to that is I gotta love Danny that, that's, now what do we do go, go into all the world and preach the gospel and sometimes say something otherwise keep your mouth shut because your actions speak louder than your words that's why he got on the cross and said nothing to you So what do we do in Eastertide? We'll go out into the world and we love each other. In fact, you might need to call somebody this afternoon and just go, hey, hey, just want you to know that my pastor told me I needed to do this, so I'm doing it. Un no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go into mom's room. Dad told me I had to come in and apologize to you. I apologize. Oh, go home. Right? You know, John, the silent one, 
lives longer than all the rest of them. For this love that he lavished on us, that as he is, so are we in this world. We touched him and handled him. And, and because he first loved us, we now love. And he who loves his brother walks in the light, but he who hates his brother walks in darkness. Walk as one who's in the light. And if you love one another, you've passed from death to life. You know how to live in the resurrection? If you love one another, you pass from death to life. And you can't die. You can't die. You, nothing can kill love. Love is stronger than death. Psalm 8, verse 6. Song Solomon 8, verse 6. Oh. That's the gospel. That's the resurrection. That's the whole Bible. That, that, that's the whole thing. I've painted it. I've played with it with chairs. I've given you scriptures this morning. That's the gospel. Not the reiterations that you're hearing through many multiple opinions, but that's the Bible. That's why they killed Peter upside down. That's why they cut Paul's head off. That's why they filleted Thomas. That's why our faith is built on the martyrs of people who would not deny that love because they had never met that kind of love before. That's worth giving your life to. I'm not serving God for heaven. I'm serving God for him. Because yes. he loves me. Do I get to go to heaven? I'm already in heaven. Some of you are going, what? I'm already there. It's heaven all the way to heaven or it's hell all the way to hell, whichever way you want it. If you hate somebody, you're already in hell. You know what hell is? It's any place you've restricted somebody else from being. Hell can be your home because you won't let somebody in it. Hell can be your life because you're not letting those people in. Hell is any place you've restricted others from being. Can I tell you the gates of heaven are open? Think about it. Say law. I'm in heaven. Everyone's welcome. Hallelujah. Happy Easter. What must I do to be saved? Believe on Jesus. Believe on Jesus. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe that he died for your sins and that he receives you now on the basis of his grace and not on your behavior. That he's resurrected from the dead and he shared that life with you. Believe and receive. Boom. Yeah, but how, how will I know? <laughs> That's why it's called faith, baby. Amen. That's the battle Kent's talking about. That's the battle. Yeah.
every eye closed, every head bowed. Nobody look around, please. This morning, if you've been confronted with the raw love of God and you realize that you've been trying to earn his acceptance and his approval and you don't need to earn it, this morning, if you have realized the greatness of his mercy and you simply want to say yes to him, you can just slip a hand up halfway, all I care. Just, just do something that says yes. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, every one of you. You can put your hand down. Let's all stand together. Just say this with me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for rising from the dead and telling me so. Thank you for loving me. Help me to love you, to love myself, and to love others. Jesus, you are my Lord. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices because of one. Would you just give the Lord praise this morning because I believe several this morning.